Radio Live. Our show is sponsored by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings, and if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. Welcome, everyone, to Angel Talk. Our title of our show today is The Power of Sacredness is Now. Well, Cindy, there was one, one little blip that I saw, and I, it didn't come from me, but I'm, it's going to come through me, and it, I just thought it was so beautiful, these words. Grace and truth met, and the power of righteousness and peace kissed each other, and that was when the divine feminine and we are in the time of Aquarius which is that very very prophesied thing and through the Holy Spirit because she is the mother aspect of the Godhead absolutely yeah well at the present time we're discovering the living vibrating energies that are linked to the ancient words and symbols and Recognize the power that is contained in a single word that's spoken. The sacred energies respond, activating its power. So sacred symbols can take on an internal fractal formation like a snowflake. Certain symbols like the Shield of David contains a powerful force field that creates its own energy light and sound principles functioning like an interference wave pattern with multiple universal variations of light that can be recognized in physical form. So we know that the, you know, the shield of David is the star of David, and also, yes, you can relate to that. So from the higher dimensional levels, this form joins with the light streams and creates the threshold for new genetic seed experiments. So for the shield, it contains the basic pattern of biological forms that create life, even intricate components such as proteins and phosphates are coded within the Star of David formation. The ancient model of the shield or Star of David was a microcosmic representation of the way the light works in the higher dimensions of life as a structural binding force. And its geometry is a special symbol for us. Well, it seems we are always challenged by forces of energies that want to hold us back. The real truth is, is that the darkness can only control up to a certain level of evolution and not beyond the local realm. So as we evolve into higher levels of awareness and bring forth a higher life charge, we begin to grow out of this old system and into a new one. So, of course, the lower energies will become enraged. This is why all the holy teachers and saints of the light in the ancient times were persecuted, because their bodies 
carried the light pulsations of higher wisdom and new information and a different type of cosmic energy that could connect to the higher levels of consciousness and could be utilized and even sent out to others for healing or telepathic communications. Know that all who utilize the higher spiritual energies will have to deal with those lower forces of power, and they will do everything to constrain and keep you held in a place that's limited to you. But no, engaging and winning this battle is the ultimate purpose of life. This is how you find the light. But if you feel held back by these energies, call out to the divine beings of light, and they'll help you. Sing your praises to them, the divine beings of light. They'll come to you. Now, there are 72 sacred names of God that are contained within and are the sounds of the perfect pattern on the path of ascension. Well, never use them when you're angry or upset or unable to quiet yourself, but meditate upon the meanings and the true essence of each name as you vocalize it. The power within each one is of the Christed light, the perfect pattern of the Father's greater light made manifest within you. That you also may take on the garments of the Christed light and partake of the many mansions that are your birthright. So deep prayer, when combined with the divine names, will allow for the imprinting of the sacred sound vibrations of light onto the vibratory circuitry of your body, your mind, and spirit. And with the crown of light activate, we put on our ever-self body our true identity, and we are ready to be delivered from psychic, neurological, and spiritual death, or our loss of faith. So when this occurs above our kether point, which is our crown, a flame of light will appear. And just as it did over the heads of the disciples at Pentecost, nothing can stop our spiritual work with the divine light. One of the very sacred names of God is the Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Sabayah. You know, this salutation ties together all the biorhythms of the body with the spiritual rhythms of the over-self body so that all circulatory systems operate as one cosmic heartbeat. And the hosts bring with them these cosmic vibrations, which they extend collectively to all creation to stimulate the process of growth and allow matter to feel directly the stimulus of the divine love. This is the Holy Trinity, the Holy Seal of the Holy Names. The Kadoish, 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 Adonai Sabayat means holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, one of many meanings. But like the sacred names, this salutation with the true wisdom and true light of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is so powerful that the gods of the lower heavens are transformed opening our realm and all the aeons into oneness with the greater story of love, revealing the greater light stream that connects our body of light to the light of Yahweh for the eternity. When you work with the 72 names of God, try to feel your connection 
to the angelic and higher intelligences. And may your personal connection with the divine names bring you closer to our creator, our God consciousness, to the Holy Trinity. And may you allow yourself to join others who are your spiritual light family to reach our true spiritual connection and power. It requires you to choose to be one with the divine light. It's about calming your mind in a meditative state to allow the angels to come and work with you, to allow yourself a deep spiritual connection within. The 72 names of God, when meditated on or invoked in your life, opens doors of opportunity to experience the highest and purest levels of God. Utilizing these sacred names should be done with reverence to the divine. So try utilizing them in prayer and spiritual studies, but realize their power and never misuse it. Then, through your devotion, their power and purpose will be activated within you and through your intentions. There are many languages with sacred words and names, and throughout the ages, all areas of the world have been seeking and studying them. These divine sacred names are the source and principle of the Old and New Testaments with a few additions. In the ancient geometria, which is a science studying the numbers and letters and their meanings, the number 72 comes from 3 times 24. So from the scrolls of Exodus 14, 19 through 21, where traditional Kabbalah derives its 72 names of God, three verses with a total of 216 letters, and when taking one letter from each of these verses, it will create the 72 three-letter names or words. When a sacred name adds at the end of the word E-L, it stands for vision of God. The 72 names pertain directly to the mathematics of the sacred scriptures. It allows a deeper oneness, an understanding of the workings of our Creator. The number 72 appears in the time of Noah. He had three sons and 72 grandsons, representing also the languages on the earth and the nations. And there were 72 pillars around the Tower of Babel. Well, in using the divine names and attributes of God, we must understand they reveal not just the father aspect, but the divine mother also, for she represents the principles of love and wisdom. Well, the divine father may also represent the universal mind. The most frequently used name in the Bible for God is a tetragrammaton, the YHWH. The tetragrammaton, revealing the inner essence of the divine eternal father. The names also operate as the codes for physical creation, programming the DNA and the RNA. The tetragrammaton is the vehicle for programming power of the higher mind, the crown light. Imagine, visualize the power of this name as your body soars in a transparent envelope above thunderous mountains and canyons 
as you call upon the four sacred letters, find yourself standing before the throne through the divine grace. Behold the glory of the throne with the council room of the 24 elders who author the new scrolls of life. The sacred names were used mostly by religious priests and spiritual writers in the temples and churches. They were protected by the scribes and the prophets, but the name HWH, spoken publicly, was considered by the Hebraic priesthood to be too sacred to pronounce. Believing in doing so, it called for the powers of the high and could pollute the divine spirit if misused for self-serving purposes. The vibrational sounds and sacred codes in the sacred 72 names of God provides a power that unlocks areas where we may be blocked emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. It brings us closer to understanding our love for others and ourselves. It opens our minds to greater wisdom, reason, and understanding. It helps us know we are not alone, but instead one with the all. And by in your use and understanding of the sacred names, that you may start incorporating expression and attributes of the divine into your own thoughts and daily activities. These names are intended to aid our soul through the challenges that we may face through our life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1 Understanding this would mean that sound and vibration is the essence of our world and universe. Our physical creation is composed of light, atoms, electrons, photons, waves, and frequencies. Life is interconnected with it all. So by vocalizing the sacred names of God, we invoke this energy that can affect our physical beingness. Not only do these frequencies resonate on a third-dimensional plane, but they resonate on the higher levels of consciousness also. They literally call forth from the higher levels a pure fire-light energy, crystalline light into our physical plane for manifestation and interactions with the divine. Scientifically confirming, we are linked dimensionally, energetically, and vibrationally. When certain sacred frequencies are used, they can open portals, gateways, and dimensional doors to experience other realities. The divine names, when activated, open our minds to higher levels of thought, giving us insights about ourselves, things we want to pursue and understand better. Our mind is capable of connecting and experiencing high levels of intelligence when utilizing sacred sounds and frequencies. It opens the door to the spiritual realm where we may interact with spiritual masters and angels and intelligences of higher dimensions. And activating these higher energies, it brings to allow us the ability to develop and attain our light body. Our mind has the ability to open many different doors of spacelessness and timelessness. Utilizing the sacred names we will learn how to interact more with the universal divine force of life 
This will allow us to grow consciously beyond our set boundaries we exist presently in. And we can begin to embrace the eternal now, the universal mind. So in your meditation, it's important to say the sacred names of God. You can sing their names out loud. And in doing this, with a positive intent and a devotion to God, it's possible you may be able to open vortexes of energies into higher realms or dimensions that resonate with your frequencies. The 72 names of God are just the many aspects or virtues of the Divine One, the oneness of the All. Each of these sacred names help us develop a closer relationship with God. It defines us and helps us understand who we are. When we can go into meditation and prayer, and connect with these sacred names of God, connecting our heart and our mind to these energies, we'll begin to feel a level of love, upliftment, and understanding beyond any physical level we could imagine. So to reach these higher levels of light, we must work on our emotions and thoughts to weed out all negative ones and allow them to be replaced with positive ones, to be grateful respectful, and humble to know the gifts of the divine are waiting for you when you can prove your respect for the divine. Know these sacred symbols and words can activate within yourself states of enlightenment, a connection with spirit that expands our minds to a higher level of awareness. The symbols and words help activate our unconscious memory and break through barriers to unite the soul and spirit. They help protect us. They create an energy field around us and an ever-expanding reality and can transform negative areas of our life into positive ones. So when we are faced with a problem, a situation, or a danger, these sacred names have been quite effective. They can also be very effective in healing. They can be helpful when used in prayer, for somebody who's passed over to help the soul transition. But ultimately, the divine names help us unite ourselves with the Holy Spirit. The divine names should be memorized so you will know the exact one you need to use and its purpose. Chanting and singing these names is always recommended. But no, we are part of the divine one, sharing the sacred names of God. And in this oneness, we will know ourselves and a purpose that is better for us. Well, that was pretty intense. <clears throat> One thing I want to want to say to everyone that's out there, <clears throat> if you're listening today, that you know, stick with us because you know we're going to go point by point and and listen carefully to each point. Because it's the whole, the whole thing that you'll need to know to be able to bring about your light body. So, you know, stick with us all the way to the end. I know sometimes it's hard, you know, to set, listen to anyone, you know, and for long periods of time. But this is, this is more important than I think anything we've ever talked about. One of the things I want to say is that in my entire life, God has never 
let me down. God has never done what he didn't promise. God has always been there, always, in the toughest of times, standing before sometimes the highest powers of, of the material land. And there's no way that I, sh- I could have won, but I did. And it wasn't me. It was God. There's no other explanation. When those kinds of things happen, you have to give God the credit. And you have to give God the glory. Because, you know, I learned young that that's the way it works. And sometimes it would get close. I mean, and it would get hard. And yet, God always came through. Always came through. Just know, if you have the faith, what do you got to lose? Have the faith that God will do what God promised. If you can have that kind of faith, I mean, and it doesn't take much. Like I said, you've got nothing to lose. I talk to agnostics and atheists and, you know, and sometimes they're the, the, the best ones to talk to because they have no foundations that have skewered them or sent them off in a, in a strange direction. And it really boils down again to just have faith. Just trust. Again, you have nothing to lose by having the faith. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, I gave a sermon when I was 12 on the Holy Spirit, and it was the unpardonable sin. And you'll find that in Scripture. And the unpardonable sin, I preached it. It was about 20 minutes long. And when it was over, you know, we did a song, and then we did a prayer, and I did an altar call. And I can honestly tell you that at least 80% of that church, and there were a lot of people because it was a revival, and it was a country church, but every, I mean, it affected everybody. And at least, you know, 70 to 80% of the people came rushing down the aisle to the altar. And I realized that the power of the Holy Spirit is what people have been craving. And But it took me a long time to actually determine who is the Holy Spirit, you know? I mean, I know she's equal in the Godhead with the other two, but it's the Aquarian age, number one, and we are at that point even by the Hebrew calendar. And it was a friend of mine who has now passed, but I said, well, the Holy Spirit is the divine feminine. She's going to represent the, the feminine the divine feminine. And he said, no, no. He said, yes and no. And I said, ah, okay. What's the answer? And he said, it's Holy Spirit. He said, it means whole spirit. And that's why it's referred to with her because she contains both aspects of the masculine and the feminine. In other words, she is the divine feminine. But when creation is to take place in any way, shape or form, whether it's to be overlaid with energetic, you know, layout that would restore something that is fallen or creating destruction or disturbance. She can overlay it. But she also needs to have the grounding force, and that is us. We incarnated for just this purpose, and especially for this time, because it's a circle and around and about, and we are going back to the beginning where we started. And so it's so important that the gates of heaven have opened, and they've op- they open downward, not outward like I would have expected, but they open downward. Sandy got that in a channeling, and 
light from the beginning of creation is coming down through those gates. And we have the ability to access them. And they contain the original, all of the original blueprints that we need to have. And so she takes, the Holy Spirit takes those into herself. And if you look at the Gematria numbers, again, like Sandy gave, you have 12 for the Father, you have 24 for the Mother or for Holy Spirit, and 36 for the Messiah. And so that tells you that if she has 24 and the Father's 12, she takes the light with the light codes of perfect creation into herself, and she births them into this world and other worlds beyond this one, many, many other worlds beyond this one. And that's what makes it whole spirit. And if you look at your brain, you have a a membrane that goes around the brain itself. And if you look at a book that shows you the anatomy, you'll see that there are 24, three three, uh, numbered digits that are right around the inside of that sack of water that protects the brain. And it's, they're right along the very top and there's 24 of them. And there's, there's three, they're three pointed, like three fingers. And they push up against that membrane when we are in sacredness or when we are praying, the harder we pray, the harder it pushes up. And what it does, it brings the codes into that water. And when it does, it turns them around and they're pushed upward against that membrane. And that membrane is surrounded by the vena cava, which is the, which is the vein that returns all the blood in the body back to the heart. And so you're imprinting through the Holy Spirit and through that sack of water and those 24 three-digited you know, parts pushing upward. And it is the elders before the throne is how it's described in the, in the Bible, but we have to decode what and how that means or works and so as it pushes up it is actually letting go within our own cellular system information that was placed there by god long ago and we have carried it with us for just this time for it to be let go and it will push into into that blood system and back to the heart and as energy comes through us it comes in usually through the left around the top of the head and back out through the right But when it comes in, it comes in through the heart area, and it picks up those symbols that have been placed there by the Holy Spirit into the Vena Kava. It's just amazing when you look at it that, you know, there's the puzzle is like a box full of pieces. And when you start putting them together, and I started off young at the age of six, but you start trying to put the pieces together, and it's a big puzzle, but it's so beautiful. It is the most beautiful thing I could ever have imagined. And, you know, at first, the, the patriarchal leaders didn't want to actually give the Holy Spirit the right to be considered, you know, equal with the Father and the Messiah. And, of course, you know, the patriarchal parts of our religious and spiritual history have really, you know, not done well when it has come to, you know, recognizing the work and the importance of the feminine, and especially the divine feminine. And so it was at the Council of Constantinople in CE 381, and where they were gathering to 
determine certain things that were in the Bible and create the Talmud and, and you know, and determine, well, what is the worshiping of, you know, of our, our temple is supposed to be and how. And they were going to dismiss the Holy Spirit, believe it or not, and she appeared to them. And she had a lot to say, I'm sure. It doesn't tell me, in the words, all that she had to say. But when she, you know, when she left, they immediately, you know, considered her, you know, the third aspect of the Trinity and equal as one with God, three in one. And she's the one that carries the spiritual gifts. So you could pray to the Father, and the Father... Yeah, and you have to, and to the Messiah. And when I prayed to the Messiah, you know, one time he came through when I called him Messiah, and he said, I am your God, and I am your Savior. And it awoke me a little bit that, you know, don't, don't get away from that. We are, we are three in one here. And she's the one that carries the spiritual gifts. And I have been asking for the spiritual gifts for years. I mean, as I pray, you know, please see my heart, because I don't have the words to describe what I really feel. And so I ask that God see my heart, the Messiah see my heart and what's in it, and the Holy Spirit to see my heart and what's in it. And I have, you just have no idea, sometimes two, three times a day, because I know that I can't complete the work I came here to do without those gifts and and the oneness of the father god and the messiah you know place these gifts with the holy spirit because her work is done mostly from spirit bringing it into the material realms and as we ground it she can overlay anything that is out of balance anything that is not right and she can protect you and when she protects you it's like a it's like a mama she bear and I'm serious, you know, and I mean, you may laugh at that one. I know my wife, she does. She thinks that's, that's cute. But if you've ever seen, you know, we live in West Virginia, so if you've ever seen a mama she-bear, you know, there was a guy in, in Franklin up here that was hunting, and he was setting up in a tree. And a baby bear come running down through the woods and run right up the tree and sat down beside him. Well, can you only imagine what happened when mama <laughs> saw that baby bear up there? I mean, he was able to get out of the tree, but he didn't get out of the tree unscathed. By the time he got to his car, he was pr in pretty bad shape, but he did make it. But that's what a mama bear does. She consumes if she thinks there is something that's going to hurt her child. And unless you are one with the father and even the son, you know, do you have need of a father-mother? I mean, a father-mother God, you have to be as a child. Unless you are as a child, you in no way likewise enter the kingdom of heaven. And that is what that means. You have to be a child. And when that happens, you have a father, mother, God. And the Christ is, becomes your brother. I mean, it's so beautiful. And you are now protected. Our, our physical parents were never meant to be able to protect us. They have their own issues sometimes, and, and they're working it out just like we are. But we needed to be fed and supported. And But when the Holy Spirit takes up your life, the, the other dark forces, I don't like to call them dark, but 
you know, the other forces, the opposing forces. How about that? They'll lap up, according to the angels, just like the water of the ocean, just to the edge of the shoreline, but then back out. It won't come up any, any closer to you to do any damage to you because if it tries, she can literally, she will overrun it like a she-bear. I mean, and that's the kind of mother you want, isn't it? One that can comfort you and hold you and, and love you and give you gifts that you know you need. What are some of the gifts? The word of wisdom, the words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, mirror, the ability to perform miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, speaking in tongues, even raising the dead, discernment and protection, the removal of veiled illusions, and visible movement of restored creation when you pray within divine plan. When you stand for truth and your request is pure, it becomes a reality right before you. How, how to always have the Spirit be with us. Meaningful personal and family prayer. Feasting upon the words of Christ. Diligent and exacting obedience. Faithful and honoring of covenants. Virtue, humility, and service. And pray, Lord, create in me a heart, a clean heart, and a right spirit before you. Give me a new positive, joyful, loving, and forgiving attitude toward others. Where there is anything that needs to change in me, I pray you would make that possible and enable that change to happen. Why is this so important? Because it's on top of us. It's here. I mean, the angelics came to us, I guess, about, about a week ago, and they said, you know, would you like to have your, your divine over self, you know, become one with with your physical body and your on a soul level. But in the material realm, it will move in through the five bodies and and within you and you will become your body will become a light body. And I mean, I don't think Sandy and I had to hesitate, did we? <laughs> no. You know, I mean I think she was even before me. I mean it was like, you know, I mean, it was like she was running for the for the race. Running for the roses. Um, and I asked the angel, this was a very high level, well, I don't think it was the Holy Spirit that we were talking to, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And she, I said, how many can be ready in the time we've got left? And she said, if we can hit a thousand, then it'll happen. It'll, it, it will, you know, spontaneously happen in those thousand people. And I said, a thousand? I said, at one time it was 7%. I said, which we had averaged it out to about 485 million. And she said, that was right. And I said, you know, that was even on the Georgia Guidestones. I said, and now we're talking about, and she says, and by the way, it's about six, 6.5 uh, billion people. I said, okay, okay. But she said, one per, she said 1,000 people. Are you one of the 1,000? I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that within yourself. She told me, she said, you know, we don't fault you for, for this. She said, but, but when you go anywhere or move anywhere or 
you know, you have something you're focused on, you're doing it with your eyes. She goes, and it will never, ever be true. And I said, so in reality, when we meditate or when we pray or whatever we're doing, sometimes it's best to stop on the path and close our eyes and ask for the truth of what is really in, you know, in this illusion to come forth. And I tell you, the first time I did it, I could see through the wall. And when I say wall, the wall was concrete block, (laughs) a solid concrete block wall in a room with no windows. And when I stopped and I looked at the wall, I was about a foot away from it, two feet maybe. And I went, there's a window. And Sandy said, just come to bed. (laughs) I said, no, I'm telling you, there's a window. And I said, it has curtains. And when I looked outside through the window, I could describe everything that was out there. You know, where a little piece of paper might be or where a little stick had dropped or, you know, where a a storage building where we had placed it and where it was. I could see it perfectly. I mean, I could see everything just like I was looking through a glass window. And You know, when the Bible tells you about someone seeing, you know, an angel coming to them as they look out their window, what they're really telling you is that they're seeing into other dimensions. Windows represent other dimensions. So do doorways when it comes to Holy Scriptures. And I'm talking about, you know, there's, there's not just the Old Testament or not just the New Testament. There are many of them. The Keys of Enoch, the Fist of Sophia. I mean... There are many, and some of them are getting impossible to get. But we can give you, if you email us, if you need it, we can give you where to get, to go, to be able to see them. But once you have looked at them, each of the 72 sacred names, just looked at them, you know, slowly, it's not even as important that you can speak them or that you know you're speaking them correctly What's important is that once you have looked at all 72, the soul never forgets, never forgets. So it will forever remember those. And when the time comes to pass over, believe it or not, they will come to the surface. And so that's why it's so important. It contains all of the codes. And it opens and unlocks the cells that contain the the photon light, proton light, And one more, and that's phosphorus. When is the last time you looked on the back of a bottle of anything and it had phosphorus in it? Somewhere along the line, they took it out of just about everything. And believe it or not, it got by me. But I'm very familiar with phosphorus. It was what lit up the caves and the underground structures of of the Essenes. Um, when they passed through them, they didn't need to have torches or lights. The green um, phosphorus would illuminate a magnetic light. Once your eyes adjusted to it, you could pretty much walk, you know, without having to worry about bumping into something or tripping over something, you know. And so I knew I needed more phosphorus. And so, you know, while you can get it, it's now available again. And the phosphorus is what will illuminate i mean you know some countries attack other countries with phosphorus and i think that's why it became hard to get because they're using it in bombs and when the bombs would explode the phosphorus would create a fire 
that would burn, you know, I mean, 50 feet in a circle around where the bomb hit. And so we are in the time of fire. You know, there was a time when with the cleansing of water, now it's a time of fire. And so when the light body is ignited, it will place a glow around you. Because man is the energy life vehicle needed to make a unique unfoldment of light into reality on this planet. That's why you got here. He's an assembly of light forms on one level of radiance containing the divine image, as well as the Adam Kadmon, as well as a vast network of, of, of other, other types of mycotubules. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but, but I'm giving it to you. Um, you know, please do some research too. I mean, on your own, but it's time. And then, you know, it could happen any day. Look around you. And even what you're seeing in the illusions, most of it, you know, you have come through spiritually and you see it and you know that they're lying and they're just, I mean, left and right. And if the people figure it out too much, well, they just kill off the guy or put him in jail or do whatever they want to do. But that's what they did when Christ walked the earth because they could not except that there was a higher light than theirs. And guess what? When your light body is activated, they have no power over it, none whatsoever. And we need it. We definitely need it. And it gives us the wisdom, the discernment, you know, and it gives us the ability to heal. And again, to even raise the dead. And when the Holy Spirit came through in that reading, that was one of the, one of the words that she used even raising the dead, she said, and discernment and protection, because some of the ancient gods and archons are here again, because they have been kicked off their planets. You know, 10 years ago, NASA swore that they had no evidence of any black holes in our galaxy. You know, and so, you know, they couldn't confirm or deny it, if you've heard those words before. Um, but, you know, so they couldn't say that there was anything to a black hole. Now they're saying that there are at least six or seven black holes and one big one that is our higher, that is our, our sun. You know, we came through that black hole and we knew it was going to be difficult. Did we know how difficult? Well, you know, no one knows, ever knows because, you know, we're so subject to so much all the time. And the angels or the Holy Spirit said to us, you know, quit looking left and right. And I said, explain that, please. And the Holy Spirit said, you're walking forward. You've got to, you're focused on something that you want to do. And, but all of a sudden, something catch, catches your eye to the left. Or it catches your eye to the right. And the next thing you know, you're looking right. You may even go right or left. And then you forget what you were focused on in the first place. And that is going to be the last big weapon they have is to confuse you or to get you to turn away from your path and don't let them. And, they, and the Holy Spirit said, I said, that's really hard. And she said, yes, but just don't do it at all. Do not do it. If you're headed from point A to point B, there are no C's or D's. You know, go to what you're focused on, get it done. And don't do it with your eyes. Feel it within you. 
and I'll give you the right answers on how to do it. And you'll get things done in a way that they didn't get done before. You know, and you'll be able to do more than you could ever imagine that you could do. And she said, so, you know, trust. And this is going to happen real, real soon. And the only thing that it's been waiting for is that the Archangel Michael and the Heavenly Host have been evicting off of the planets in the galaxy those civilizations, so to speak, that just refuse to bow the knee to the Most High God. And so they have been literally, you know, I mean, imploding the planets or the stars, which it implodes and then it explodes. And that's actually your your black hole eventually when it burns out. <clears throat> but they have been kicking them off. And so they had nowhere to go. So where do you think they went? <laughs> to here. They are surrounding our planet in droves. And some of them are in the planet. And... That's why it's become even harder, because they're bombarding our minds with, with thought forms that aren't ours. Don't you sometimes, you'll think of something and you go, that's not me. That's not what I wanted to think. That's not how I think. But you, but you know it was in your head, and you wonder even how it got there. Well, I can tell you, it's being done through manipulation. And, you know, through, and some of these beings are very intelligent. If they got here by way of a ship, well, think about it. I mean... They're very intelligent. And now we have another one. It's, um, you know, I think it's radiating out of the pyramids. But, but, you know, it's called in some books the abomination desolation. And personally, we were told that the entire reality that we're in was created and is being created by AI. So I don't know if we'll have a show next time, <laughs> you know, just because I told you that. But I want you to know that they're even trying to, to tweak it up more. And so the key is forget what you see. Forget. Just forget it. Because the, the eyes will never give you the truth. Never. They weren't created for that. The physical body itself, when we created it from the soul, it was created to be able to interact in a material realm and to experience it. And actually, that's all it cares about. You know, it never really becomes spiritual until it becomes, you know, transfigured with your higher self. And then it becomes a light body. Aha. And I keep telling my body that, hey, look, just get on board with me, okay? Because I know you think that, you know, if that happens that you're out of a job. You're not, okay? It's just that you get promoted too. So, you know, just do it. Pray. We're told don't worry about the little things. You know, I know you've worried about them before, but, you know, you're not going to take most of it with you. I mean, maybe a little, but not a, most of us, you're just not taking it with you. And what do you want? Do you want what you got and how hard it is and sometimes how, how stressful it is? Is that what you want? Or do you want peace and tranquility? Do you want to be able to wake up every morning and you know the spiritual aspects of the material realm and you know the material realm and how it interacts with the spiritual. And you wake up every morning and you wonder, what can I do today to serve my God? And you also wonder, how can I help my brothers and sisters, you know, in some way, you know, in God's name? Wow, what a, what a difference. I mean, and yet, if you only knew what is waiting for you, there's nothing you wouldn't do. But when I heard that it was a thousand, a thousand, 
I mean, what is that? Six hundred fifty thousand? Not even that, is it? No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a percent. I remember now. It was. It was a thousand individuals, and I mentioned that it was a lot lower than the original estimate back ten years, and we were told yes that that was known, but you know there will become a second time that the portals will open again, and you'll have another chance if you wish not to take it now. But personally, you know, between this portal opening and the next one, you know, I mean, the the opposition forces are going to, if you think they're bad now, they are going to be doing everything they can to make sure that, you know, you won't want to go anywhere near a portal. And you can't, why not just do it now? And I can't tell you that it can't be expanded. But the Jehovah Witnesses have always said 144,000. Yeah, this is true. Well, Jim, would you like to have a little reading before our our uh, radio show is finalized? Here? Sure. Okay. As I connect here. Beloved ones, such a great pleasure to be able to share with you. This is a very special time. This time on Earth is where we are evolving very quickly. Everything is accelerating very, very fast. And the veil is thinning. It's opening up opportunities for us to be able to pass through and to be able to experience the many, many beautiful areas in the spirit realm, to be able to interact with the spirit beings, to learn, to heal, to grow, to understand more. First, though, you must realize that as we're changing the old ways of holding on to fear and guilt has to fade away. We have to deal with this. We have to acknowledge that we're moving forward into higher levels of light and that these fears are never going to serve us. And so acknowledging them and working with them to let go of them, to allow our light to be lifted into this higher level. So we must face and we must conquer these fears. And then we can embrace our God-given gifts and know who we truly are. From the point that we came to this planet, we came from a higher realm. We came here to bring the light onto the planet, to experience lessons and to grow, to help others, but primarily to learn the real meaning of love. For when we can love one another, when we can love one another, suffering will begin to end. If we can hold our integrity, if we can hold on to the belief that we are truly light beings evolving back into spirit, if we could understand this, there would be no reason why we would want to cling so strongly onto the material. This is a temporary place to be, a place where you grow and learn and experience the lessons, for it is vibrationally slower and allows you to be able to see and work through situations and problems and to understand life. But when you let the ego involve itself, it taints it all. So the real hurdle 
is to be able to control the ego, to be able to take and embrace your true higher self and bring it into the present and hold it and allow it to be shared with all of your friends, family, and people of the earth so that this world could be a much better place to live in. Know that divine beings of light are all here to assist you and are hoping and wishing and wanting each of you to embrace this personal power of yourself. For they know it is possible, but the choice is always yours. We are always here for you. And blessings to you. That was beautiful. You know, everybody should know that the things that we have done and seen and known, you can do too. I mean, it's there for everyone. No one over another or under another. You know, just choose it. I remember one of the first things was when Sandy and I were together, um, we were in bed asleep. Our son was staying with a friend. He was nine years old. And I remember that all of a sudden, Sandy and I both set up in the bed, straight up in the bed together at the same time. And she started screaming at the top of her lungs, and I started barking like a dog. Now, I'd like to think it was a big dog, but it was. And, of course, she, she swears it was a chihuahua. And, you know, I mean, come on, you got to help me with a little bit of ego But back then. But, you know, and we kind of looked at each other and laid back down on the pillows and went back to sleep. Didn't have any clue what that was about, and I was almost unsure what I wanted to know. But the next day when our son came home, he said, oh, you'll never guess what happened. He said, well, what, what happened? He said, well, last night, it was late. It was probably around midnight. I said, what are you doing up at midnight? He said, well, we were, we were getting ready to go to bed soon. But he said, somebody tried to break in the back door of Michael's house. He said, he said you could hear him back there jiggling with, uh, with a handle, and they were trying to get in the house. He said, we went running out there, and we saw a guy. He said, and all of a sudden, the mother screamed, and, and the dog started yapping like a chihuahua would. <laughs> And the guy took off running up the field. And by that time, the mother and father had come down, he said, from up in the bedroom. And the dog had been under the bed. So all of them came down at the same time then. And I said, wait, wait. You just told me a minute ago that you heard the mother scream and the dog started yapping. Okay. And I said, but, but you said they come down afterwards. He said, yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you either, but, you know, this is going to be a secret between Sandy and I for a long time. But the idea, again, is 304-567-3354, and give us a call if you'd like some information on what we've talked about or you'd like you to like do a, a reading. Personal reading. Yep. We can, we can schedule that, too. Absolutely. And whatever you do, the Holy Spirit's beauty. So it can sometimes come through an impure individual. So never, never talk bad about the good. Whatever is good is God. You know, evil cannot produce good. And so you don't talk bad about it because if you do, you commit what was called the unpardonable sin. And it took me years to decipher that one, but that means that it's instant karma. <laughs> you can do what you want with the father, do what you want with the Christ or speak out against it. And the karma will come later. But with the Holy Spirit, it is immediate. And that's what it's meant by the unpardonable sin. You will 
I mean, if you've never had a cosmic two by four hit you between the eyes, then, you know, don't speak out against what's good. And we want to thank all of you for joining us, and we do hope that you will join us again in two weeks. Yep. And God bless. God bless.